Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by William Leverdere, COO of BMLL Technologies. BMLL Technologies is a sophisticated data provider which sits at the cutting edge of the financial markets. The company's proprietary systems allow it to condense vast quantities of trading data into much more manageable formats, which can then be used by hedge funds, asset managers, and even stock exchanges themselves to improve their internal processes and try to find a new edge in the highly sophisticated dog-eat-dog world of securities trading. I began by asking William how BMLL technologies had first come into being. Thanks, Mark, and thanks for inviting me to, to share my thoughts. So BMLL is an alternative uh, data uh, provider, specifically looking at um, historical level, level three pricing data. Um, and level three is the most granular order book data you can get. It's every message sent to an exchange, every amendment, every cancellation. It's, it's an enormous data set that's incredibly hard to get your hands on and use and, and be effective with. Our, our background, um, our founder founded um, the uh, project out of a, you know, having spent a couple years on, um, at, at, on, the, on the buy side at systematic hedge funds. He, he set it up after a PhD at, at Cambridge University where he, he, he realized that to do this level of research, this granular predictive research, uh, there wasn't that capability commercially. It existed at a number of very sophisticated hedge funds, but it, it wasn't available um, to the general market participants who weren't these sophisticated funds. So out of that research project was born uh, BMLL, which stands for Bayesian Machine Learning on the Limit Order Book. Of course it does. Of course. <laughs> Bayesian, Bayesian maths or Bayesian inference, and I'm, I, I'm not uh, a, a mathematician, but in brief, Bayesian maths looks at the events that happen today and tries to predict probabilistically the events that happen tomorrow which is at the core really of what hedge funds are doing. Hedge funds now having... Now, hang on, hang on. Let's, sorry, sorry to, sorry to stop you. Let's, let's um, go step, take a step back a little bit before we, before we talk yeah. about that. So what BMLL um, offers is, um, can you just break down in a little bit more detail exactly what, uh, what, what, what the product is? Okay, you're right, sorry. Uh, so what we at BMLL do is collect uh, the raw level three pricing data, so the most granular data you can get from exchanges. What does level three mean? Level three is it's a term that we use um, in the industry to describe the granularity uh, of that data. So level three means every message, every ex every message sent to an exchange. So every order, every order amendment, every order cancellation, every trade across every price level both buy and sell orders every single day. Of a, of, a, of a specific stock exchange that we're looking at? Across every stock exchange, yeah. So whenever there is a limit order book, which is a central um, order, a, a central market, where which, meets, which matches buyers and sellers, there is an order book, which is the intentions of those buyers and sellers to exchange securities at a given price. Now, all of that data is, is collected centrally by the exchange that operates the matching engines that matches those buyers and those sellers. 
every single time you place an order at an exchange or you try and trade, that that, that leaves um, a message, it leaves a unique order ID that we then track. And if you're trading in, in real time, you tend to look at a very limited set of that data, what we call level one or the top of book. So that is the best price you can buy at, the best price you can sell at, and usually the last couple of trades. Level two gives you a bit more information about if you wanted to, if you were patient and wanted to be passive in your order, so you weren't trying to execute straight away, you could look at what's a little bit, what we call behind the book. So if the best price you could buy a stock at is 40, maybe you want to buy it at 38. So you're not going to interact with the, with, with the market straight away, but you're going to be patient and wait until the price moves in your favor. Okay. And then level three is kind of the, the all the nuts and bolts. It's, all the, the, it's the full, full, full planning. And what's important about level three and why level three matters is that the more information you have, now remember the concept of Bayesian maths, the inference of tomorrow based on today's data, the more data you have, the more detailed and granular that data, the better you are at getting the probability of what the events of tomorrow will be. Okay. Just to tie that up in a bow, you at the end of every day, let's say of a trading day of, of a stock exchange, of multiple stock exchanges, then you essentially get the entire printout of everything that has happened on that stock exchange that day down to a very low level of who bid for what, at what time, who cancelled their order, who did everything. And so it's a, it's a gigantic amount of data that you receive. And that is what you then go and, and, and change around and, and deal with and offer to your clients. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So what we do, exactly. And okay. the service that we offer, because you can go and buy this data directly from each exchange, the service we offer is unique in the way that we have taken that data and we've harmonized it. And what we mean by, we say harmonize, not normalize, and I'll explain why. Normalization involves some form of fitting to a lowest common denominator, okay? So if you, if you have a data set that is twice as rich as the other one, if you normalize those two data sets, you can only normalize it to the less rich data set. So that becomes your baseline. However, you've now lost in the richer data set an enormous amount of information. So what we do is we have created a, a data framework that enables us to match even lower granularity data sets into a, a, a more granular set and a, more, a, a format that allows us, therefore, to not lose any of the information on any data set. But that also means that all those disparate data sets and disparate formats are harmonized into one set. So when you're looking at, let's say, Vodafone on the LSE, it's in the same format as Vodafone on the other exchanges that trade LSE, that trade Vodafone stock. So it's the same as Turquoise, same as Aquis, same as BATS and Triax. Um, and, and therefore, when you're thinking about understanding the, the events of a day on a stock that traded in multiple places, you need access to those multiple different venues. And having that in a single harmonized format is really important. Now, we harmonize it not just across Europe, but also across the world, which means if you if you found in your research on our platform a trading strategy that works well in Europe, and you think there may be some elements of that trading strategy that might work, say, in Asia or America, 
with us, with our solution, all you need to do is replicate your code line for line and just change the, change the markets you're looking at. There's no need to rebuild your infrastructure. Now that's really, really important because it's, it's an incredibly time consuming thing uh, to derive these signals and being able to quickly re-implement re existing code elsewhere is, is a great time saver and it's a really, really efficient way of, of scaling your research and scaling your production. So the benefit, so the benefit you've just described is to be able to quickly match, say you are, you know, you've grown up in the US market, you know, the US market incredibly well, yada, yada, yada. Um, and you're interested in getting into, you know, um, and entering the LSE for the first time. This is an extreme example, yeah. but um, for the first time, um, and you want to, and you, and you, you think that your, your US strategy is going to work very well. Um, and you think it's going to be the same, but there will be differences between the US and the LSE, um, the LSE market. Um, what you're able to do is essentially kind of build the bridge between the two and and put them on the same level, like remove any any differences between the yeah. two in a, in a yeah in a way. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then so that's that's just on the that's just on the harm the data harmonization front. Um, what we also do is provide an analytics platform so our, our research tool um our lab um is a is a, a, a it's in python it's a scalable it's very easy to use it's a scalable platform that that horizontally computes uh, enormous calculations very quickly now why is that why does that happen well you know if you imagine this is and, and when we say you know a full level three order book can be you know, 100 million data points, okay? Now, 100 million data points in a bad format is impossible to scale. It, it, it just takes hours. So our, our capability enables clients to improve their research time by, by sort of 95%. So we run, we run large-scale computations in sort of 45 minutes, whereas um, some of our most sophisticated clients are looking at that time around 17, 18 hours. So what do you, just quickly, what do you mean by a bad format? So a bad, so I didn't want to get too technical. I know. Yeah, I know. Um, okay. a bad, so a bad format effectively. Uh, so there's, there's efficient, efficient way of storing format as a rebuilt order book. So rather than playing the day back as you might a song, what, what the way that we formatted the data, we rebuilt the book immediately which means that rather than looking at it as a um, as sheet music, let's say, you look at it as a um, on a computer screen, like you're building it in, say, Fruity Loops or, or another music software provider. So you see the whole thing in one go. So to put this in podcast terms, then what you would receive normally from the stock market would be the MP3 file, which is everything altogether. Um, but what you're able to do is break it down to when I'm, for example, creating this podcast, then I have two voice files, which is you and me. And then I have a music file, which I'll bring in and another one. And then I have another thing and yeah. you'll be able to separate out and have the, you know, six or seven tracks and you'll be able to see, um, each one separately, uh, rather than a, a cluttered mess. You'll be yeah. able to see each one in a more, in a more manageable fashion. Yeah. Okay. And that means, and why is that important? Well, that means that if you were running an analysis on how many in your you know, 30 seconds of intro music for your podcast, 
how many uh, drum beats there were, and you wanted to compare that across every other podcast on Spotify, if you had to listen to the intro music in 15 second segments for every single Spotify podcast, it would take a long time. However, if you're able to just take that 15 seconds and compute and li listen to them simultaneously, right, in one go, then you speed up your research immensely. So what you're able to bring it back, just, just quickly to bring it back to the markets. Um, if you wanted to, if you felt that there was an interesting buyer doing something in the market, uh, and stop me if, if I'm, if I'm off course, but if you think that there's a, that there's an interesting buyer buying in the market and you receive an entire cluttered market, uh, data, then it could be quite difficult yeah. to pull out that specific buyer. But if you've, but if you're able to break it down into its different mono tracks, then it'll be easier to find a specific thread, like like exactly. someone acting in a specific way within yeah. the market. So you, you would you wouldn't have to replay the whole day to find the time that that buyer put a stop put a put a put a trade on a stock at a given price. You can search it. And that means that you can run that parallel that that parallel search across every single day simultaneously. So rather than you know, replaying Monday and then Tuesday and then Wednesday and then Thursday in sequence, and you have to replay the whole day. So that that limits how quickly you can consume all those data points. With our system, you'd be able to look at Monday through Friday every week for the last five years, and then just look for the one item that you're looking for. So the one cancellation or the one new order at a given price level. Going back a little bit to what... Um makes BMLL special. Um, this ability to do this, what you've just described, is that, um, is that a question? What, what's the secret source? Is it a, you don't have to tell me the exact secret source, but uh, what's the, um, is it a computing power or is it the, the coding wizardry or is it the knowledge of the market or all of the above? Like what is it which is, um, you know, which, which makes BMLL unique in this? What makes BMLL unique is a combination of those, those three factors. It is, a, um, it is a proprietary harmonization tool that enables us to um, you know, quickly rebuild those order books at scale. It is a um, you know, very, very intelligent use of the cloud that enables us to deploy the latest um, scalable compute resources at our, at our disposal. And, and, and what's, what's really important is that you can turn it on and turn it off whenever you need. So you never end up using more than you need. And that, and that, that's really important when you think about traditionally, all of that compute power would have been held in the basement in an enormous server room that was on 24 seven, which meant that if you had to, you had to reserve capacity in that server room to, to go and run your computation and those servers, you know, don't scale. So if you've got 10 servers, you get 10 servers worth of, of, of compute power. If you needed to go wider and broader, you could, with, with our system, you could fire up as many servers or virtual servers in the cloud as you need. And then on top of that, the, 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 the really smart bit is the way that we've compressed everything. So we have compression algorithms that turn these enormous petabyte data lakes into sort of compressing them by 10 to 15 times, which means that they are faster and more, more, and more efficient. So, if you don't have your, um, your data in, in the right format and you've not compressed it, 
and you don't have the scalable compute power that the cloud offers you, you can now see how running analysis of, you know, find out this, this kind of trade signal can become very, very complicated. And most people have, have, have shied away from that capability simply because they can't do it. Yeah. No. Okay. So you're, the, the answer is that you guys are market specialists. You do this for a living. And so it's, the, it's, a, it's a finished product. It is possible to do it, but it requires so much resources and so much time and energy um, that only a limited number of people can do it. So um, it's much, uh, much more sensible to come to you. Um, so this is a good segue into talking about who does use you and what do they use you for? So we sell to, um, sort of, we, we group our, we sell to capital markets clients. First and foremost, we are a sophisticated tool for institutions that are either trading or uh, have give access to, give clients access to or run trading venues, so listed venues. So that's investment banks, it's hedge funds, it's, uh, exchange groups like um, the ones in Europe and the ones in, 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 in the US. Um, it's also um, uh, ISVs, so information service vendors, um, and um, you know the guys who connect the software that connects people to markets. And, and what do they use us for? Uh, they use us to if you're in the business of trading, they use us to uh, scale their research environments, so generate more predictive insight quicker because because they're because they're they're crawling the markets all day anyway and what you'll give them is a cleaner version of the to, a cleaner data with which to crunch so anyone who's already scanning the markets in a sophisticated way will use you to to um because you'll because you'll give them a an easier thing to search exactly and it's faster and more efficient but we also offer a um a feed so if you're if you don't want to come to our platform to do the research yourself and actually, what you want to do is just ingest the data into your, uh, you know, your, your proprietary ingestion engines. We also offer that service as well. So we, we would do the research or the crunching, the number crunching for you. And then just provide you with the output of that, um, of that analysis. Could they, could they, could they send you queries? Like, could they, could they, like, like they say, we've got a feeling that, you know, they, they have a theory about such and such happening in the market. And then they'll ask you if you can find that signal or. So they would, that's not what we do. That's a very consultative approach. What we, and also the, the level of secrecy mark in these markets is, is astounding. <laughs> you know, a, a, large, a vast portion of hedge fund code is dedicated to hiding the true intentions of that algorithm. Because if you, if you have a signal and then a, a, another large portion of the code is to detect what other people in the market are doing. So they're all trying to game one another and hide what their true intentions are. So if you were to go to a third party and say, I think that on every Tuesday at 10 a.m., there's someone who comes in and trades in a sloppy fashion and leaves loads of money on the table. If you know that, you want to keep that as secretive as possible because, because, because obviously it, you, know, you lose that edge. So what we tend to get, the requests we tend to get from, 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 from hedge funds are, here is a set of metrics that we believe might be useful to us in helping us calculate those signals. And that'll be, you know, with a couple of examples, uh, it, it's quite simple stuff. It's a, a number of times a cancellation order appears every minute. Um, the number of times a, 
a, a market, a price crosses the spread. And what I mean by that is it, it, it actively trades um, by lifting um, the best price. So it, so it says, okay, well, if the best price to buy is 41, I will go and buy 41s immediately. I won't wait until someone trades with me, right? Mm. Um, and, and so every time that- because, because that Because, for example, that would show like desire. Like, I really want that stock. I'm not going to wait for it. Exactly. If you have a view that the price is going to be 45 by the end of the day, you're, you'd rather you'd rather execute at 41 and wait for 45 and then wait to sell at 45 than wait. Maybe you might get traded at 40, but you know that 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 additional uh, dollar of, of 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 stock value is irrelevant compared to the upside you're going to get by 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 being right on that position. So every time there's an aggressive trade. Every time there's um, a cancel, every time a percentage of the volume is amended, and all of this sounds complicated, it's not really. It's very, very simple. The complexity comes in calculating this at scale. Because remember, when you do uh, quantitative or statistical, re- statistical research, you need an enormous amount of data to prove that your model is right. You need to have seen a number of market events and you need to study those events in detail to find that alpha, to find that solution. So great, you know, there's 100 million data points on a very busy day in certain, certain uh, securities, but there's five days of the week, 250 trading days of the year, and five years of back history to be valid. So what sounds like count the number of cancellations is simple, but when you've got this enormous back history and this enormous volume of data, and you know you're doing it on every security. Not every security is as as you know there are some that trade less frequently than others. But we're talking about you know billions, hundreds of billions of data points here. Yeah. And to do that in a cost-effective manner is really the challenge. And so that's why firms come to us to say, look, I don't want to build that infrastructure. I don't want to try and go through the minutiae. It's hard enough. It's hard enough already to to find a signal in the in the noise without actually the noise being horrific. <laughs> so if you can if you can make the noise a little bit nicer, then you can make my job a hell of a lot easier. Exactly. And then so for and and what's interesting is 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 about the data is we sell the same data across the across our venues across our different client groups. So a, a stock exchange that competes with five other stock exchanges like most do in Europe and you know, venues in the US that compete with alternative trading venues, they use the same metric of number of cancellation orders, which a hedge fund might use to say, okay, if it hits, if there are, if enough people cancel their orders, that might signal a negative sentiment in the market. A, 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 an ex- and, and therefore, as a trade signal, an exchange might use that same metric to prove that it has better liquidity than, than another venue. Because in, especially in times of crisis or times where the market is stressed and prices are moving around a lot, liquidity tends to dissipate. People are less willing to take on risk when, when there's large price swings. If you, if you as an exchange can prove that irrespective of these large price swings, the market makers on your venue are providing that service to the same level of, or, or to the same level as they were when markets were more stable, that is a really good marketing tool because that will make other people trade because they say, look, I'm going to take 
full advantage of that volatility to try and make some money. And on top of that, I know that if I want to trade, someone will trade with me. That's an incredibly powerful tool for those exchanges. Do they, because to me, as a, as a layman, it seems like hedge funds, um, very basic terms, make a gigantic amount of money and exchanges make a modest amount of money. Um, do they pay the same for this to you or are, they, are there different packages? They are. So we, we have a very straightforward pricing model um, and hedge funds make a lot of money, but exchanges also have um, a lot of money as well. And what exchanges are looking to do now is is, is really move away from trade transactional revenues, right? They're looking to move away from how do we, how do we uh, you know, make money just on everyone trading? Because every time a hedge fund trades, exchange gets paid, right? Mm. Uh, or anyone, the time anyone trades, it doesn't have to be a hedge fund. Um, and what exchanges are looking to do is to say, well, how do we, we've got this enormous data set that we have. How do we monetize this data? How do we define uh, a strategy that enables us to monetize this data? And a lot of the exchanges, unfortunately, are built to deal with very, very, very low latency. So very, very fast systems that operate in a very, very narrow manner. They take data in, they process that data, they, there's, there's some, some instruction from the matching engine, and then that data goes out to the various counterparties. Then they store it in, in a relatively inefficient way. And obviously there are some exchanges that are more sophisticated than others. But most exchanges sit on these enormous pools of data and they have no idea how to monetize them. So part of our job to is to help the exchanges understand their data. So, you know, historically, when you ask an exchange, who is your most valuable market maker? Okay, that would be the one you would say historically who paid you the most. They did the most trading. How, you know, they must be the best. But with our system, we're able to tell them actually that market maker that did the that, that did the most volume did it in a way that didn't benefit the market overall because your market now is perceived to be an area where where, where predation happens and the sophisticated uh, members of that exchange are taking advantage of the less sophisticated ones there's a famous book a few years ago of, of um, Flash Boys, uh, which was about predation, essentially, that the highest frequency traders were taking advantage of the lower the, the lower speed traders because they were traveling ahead of them uh, uh, to, to the market and buying the thing that they wanted to buy and then coming back and selling it to them so that they could they could make the price off them. Are there many different forms of predation or is that the main one you're, you're thinking of? Or, so, or? Yes, but there's also, um, you know, what is known in, in, in the industry as a sort of toxic flow. So how much are you, if you're not, if you're saying you're going to post liquidity, you're saying you're offering trades uh, in the market and you're you're never really standing behind that and you're 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 moving away from the price and when you go and trade um, that price isn't there it doesn't necessarily need to be the kind of flash boys where you pull it from one area buy it somewhere else it, it the front running is 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 still exists but there's other ways of being nefarious and you know not not trading with certain counterparties and 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 therefore um what we offer we offer the tools also to the buy side to start questioning and explaining you know questioning their brokers and asking their brokers to explain why certain execution happened so on the reverse whilst we offer tools to 
uh, the hedge funds to optimize their execution strategies and investment banks as well. We also offer those tools to the buy side, traditional asset managers, to query exactly the actions of their broker. So when, when they send a trade in Vodafone to their broker and say, you know, execute it over this with these parameters, we give the, the, the buy side the tools they've never had before to look deep into the book and say, why did you do that? Why did you wait until that event happened? I don't think your algo, which you, which you said, was the right choice here. And there are studies that show that if in a perfect world, and these are academic studies, um, uh, in, in a perfect world, uh, traditional asset managers could save up to 6% of their slippage, which is how much they wanted to trade for versus how much they actually got traded on. So what, what the market took away from them, which is predominantly based on the size of their trade and their execution strategy, they could save 6% of that cost uh, through better understanding and, and, and better analytics around their, um, their trading strategies that their brokers are executing on their behalf. Interesting. See, interesting. Okay, so it's, it's kind of like a post-mortem, kind of like a CSI thing where you're able to, not only would somebody be able to make money based on seeing, like trying out their strategies um, based on backtesting, essentially where their strategy might have worked in the last, uh, ha you know, however long. Yeah. Um, but also they can look at whether, look at their own behavior in the past and whether they, um, if they had acted differently, they left money on the table, perhaps they, they could have made more money by, by trading at a different time and changed their, their own strategy um, based on that. So it's a, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a snapshot of the past that you're offering in a very detailed and, and, and clear way, which can be used for a million, for a million ways, for yeah. a million different ways. And what's really important to understand is that just because it's very, very detailed doesn't make it complicated. Okay, we have taken all that complexity out and it is, it, it, it is, you don't need to be a, uh, you know, have a mathematics background or a, comps or, or a computer science background to run our platform. It, it, it really is very, very simple. Our sales guys can run our platform and, you know, not, 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 not being really about our sales guys, they're not, <laughs> they're not you know, they're not PhD cons, right? Um, Got it. And, and so, so really what we've done is taken this big, scary, noisy, sizable data set and gone, we can extract that value for you. So you don't have to invest the time and energy doing that. So um, you, so we started with, um, with kind of sophisticated hedge funds and the markets themselves to understand what's happening on their own, on their own exchange. Um, and we're, we're moving, it sounds like, towards the, um, towards the buy side and asset managers. Uh, is that the direction of travel in terms of the use of your product? Like, where do you see it going? So I think that we have um, a number of different options strategically. Um, and we, look, we have a long way to go before we've penetrated the core, what we call the core capital markets. So, you know, those, those, the, the, those player groups we've mentioned. Um, you know, we've we've really kind of got a product market fit in the last 18 to 24 months. Um, and so now we're just making sure that we're expanding that capability. Remember, Mark, as well, that, that the world, we're not, we were selling into a, world, into a demand that isn't fully cooked yet. The world is waking up to the fact that the days of, the days of, uh, of flash boys and, and, and speed being the only way to, to generate 
you know, um, uh, uh, consistent returns is over. Um, if you uh, if you look at the performance of, of kind of the, the 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 top firms that have been almost speed agnostic, you know, kind of XTX, Ren uh, Ren Technologies, AQR, uh, Two Sigma, these huge names have always been data driven. And what we offer to our clients, especially in the core capital markets, is that same historical research platform where you can take all of our data and go and do your research. And if you don't want to do your research on the platform, you can take an API feed or an FTP feed that goes straight into your production systems. Or, and this is you know something that we launched last year and we're doing a, a retro about it, we actually launched a free-to-air visualization tool called Plato Metrics, platometrics.com, where you can go in and have a look at some of the criteria and what's happening in the market at the granular level. So what, you know, what happened yesterday across, across you know, Vodafone on, 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 on the London Stock Exchange? What was the best price at this time? So when you're looking at uh, trying to understand very simply what happened in the market, we give you those tools. Now, going forward, you know, we want to continue penetrating our existing client base. We're developing new products that are adjacent in, in, in adjacent asset classes to uh, to those, uh, those 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 products, and also thinking about you know where does the world look like in in five years time, five ten years time? Who was who would potentially be a consumer for our for our data? And the world is becoming more and more sophisticated. You look at you know booking. A, a holiday on certain booking sites, you can actually see in real time the value of historical analytics. So how do they do that? They pressurize you into making your into making your booking faster by saying, you know, 24 people have booked this in the last 24 hours. You know, this is more this is a very popular time of year to book this holiday or book these flights. That comes from historic data. So you're you know they are they are using granular data on how you browse your systems, how you browse their website to build a picture of how to pressurize you into buying their services. Now, we give you we we give market participants the tools to analyze their own performance as well as the performance in the market more generally, and that's really critical because if you're able to overlay and this is what you know we internally. Uh, called level three plus. So that's taking the most granular data that's available in the market, right? So order by order and overlaying your own data onto that, onto that, enabling you to say, okay, well, at this particular time point, I didn't get traded with because I was third in the queue behind a huge order and that order didn't move all day. And that's why I didn't get traded. Well, that's quite important to understand because then you would say, Okay, I might tune my algo to, to refine and say, I don't want to, if I'm third in the queue behind a big order, cancel my order. I'm not going to get filled. I'll have to be aggressive. And that, that overlaying of that data onto the level three book is really important. Now, I firmly believe that the, the number of players within, within our existing client group who are going to start adopting data science, um, is, is, is going to increase dramatically. I am, I, I'm fully confident of the fact that it is no longer going to be the preserve of 
the very sophisticated to start to want to ask these questions of the market. Now that the tools are available cost effectively to, 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 to start asking those questions, why would you not why would you not start asking if you don't have to build an enormous data science backend to ask those questions? And knowing full well that this granularity of data, and this is where this really gets into alternative data, A, no one's really been able to play with it before because of its size and complexity. But also, when you start looking at combining a few metrics together, you really start getting into the behavioral patterns of a market more generally. Okay, And we wrote a blog about this on our website, about how during COVID, we went from a passive market state to a highly aggressive market state, where in a passive market state, there was you know lower volatility, tighter spreads, which means that the cost of transaction is lower, and people were waiting longer to, to execute their trades. And we took, and, and in order to find out how long people spend waiting to trade, involves tracking that order throughout the day. So when did the order get placed? And then how long did it take for that order to get filled? So you need that level of microscopic granularity to get that number. But we aggregated that number on a monthly basis. And we showed that progression. So all of a sudden, you're starting to understand from, this, from, from, from the microcosm of how that order existed during that you know, five-second window. You aggregate all of those numbers for that, for that day on that stop to all of the days in that week, in that month. And all of a sudden, you're getting a number that is con consumable and digestible and makes sense to you. And you can track over time, which will help less sophisticated players make more informed decisions. Thank you very much, William, for, for being so patient uh, and explaining in such clear terms uh, the product and, and a lot about the markets, which, which I didn't know. Um, so thank you very much for your time. And um, I will be watching what happens with BMLL with, with, uh, with excitement as, as it continues to, to spread its influence. Thank you, Mark. And thank you for having me. And thank you for a great conversation.